Hello and welcome back to Project Parts, episode seven. 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 Number, lucky number seven. This is where we take off. This is where things just get really exciting. This is it. Today's episode is going to be five tips on how you can manage your wholesale parts. Yes. Stick around. All right, so we are going to get right into this. Um, episode seven, this is going to be wholesale parts, how to manage wholesale parts. We're going to go over five tips here on my little iPad on how you can better grow, maybe, and manage your wholesale parts from top to bottom. I think these are important tips that you need to know. I think if you are looking to get into wholesale, if you're a new manager taking over a new department, these are good tips for you uh, for sure. Or so, even a department that used to do good wholesale and has dropped yeah, off. Maybe you want to get it back. Reassessing what happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, this, this whole channel is just for, you know, we're, we're just two dudes, by the way. We're not like, we're not claiming to be experts. We're just two dudes that want to like help other people out. And other parts people, particularly. Yeah. Parts I mean. people, especially. So uh, we'll get right into it. I think tip number one is going to be know your market. Uh, meaning like your competition, like know your competition. Yeah. I mean, it's a broad scope thing, right? So you right. need to know if you're going to get into wholesale, who you're competing yeah. against, who you're trying to sell to. Right. If you're going body shops or, or mechanical, where you want to push your product. Right. Um, you need to know what kind of discount people are expecting. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of steps in this. And it really depends on like, and that's the whole thing. Know your market. Are you in the inner city and there's a ton of competition or are you in like some backwoods city town village where uh you know you have no competition because those are two totally different uh situations and you know but know your competition know what they're charging know what uh discount they're providing know what their delivery times look like uh what are their weaknesses what are their strengths really get to know your competition because can you fit into that market and i think that's kind of the big thing yeah i think it's it's the this takes a lot of phone calls talking yes. to people reaching out to people yeah. this takes a lot of visiting shops yeah going you know. out or if you can't get out at least calling these people and talking to them because you need to know you know, what kind of discount they're expecting yeah. is the big thing because you might be overpricing pricing yourself right out of the market right. because you're just like, oh, that's what they should pay. And it turns right. out every other store is pricing 10% less than you. Yeah. You want to get into wholesale, but if everyone's doing 35 off list and you want to get in and you think you can do 20 off list. Yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. So. It's not, not going to go well for you. And I think that is a perfect segue into tip number two, which is going to be pricing competitively, making sure your pricing is set up correctly. Again, we just said, if you are in a market that everybody's doing uh, 35 off list and maybe 35 off list and they're offering some kind of back end uh, reimbursement. Yeah, some kind of incentive for purchasing everything through them or something. And who and, knows? And maybe they have collision link, which we'll get into later. And they're, they're getting reimbursed from the manufacturer. Maybe, maybe they get a bigger discount from the manufacturer, which we'll get into later. But like, you know, can you compete? And if you can't, is it something you really want to get into? I mean, maybe you service a couple shops and you're happy with that. But if you really want to get into wholesale, you really want to like be a superstar in your area, you're going to have to price competitively. And yeah, and that might mean a very low margin too. Right. I mean, so you might have to think about that, how that's going yeah. to apply to your GM who might not understand wholesale. Yeah. 
uh, or the owner or whoever you have to answer to, right. they may not understand why your margin is so low yes. or why it's gotten lower if yes. you were only servicing, let's say, mechanical shops right. at, at 20 off list. Right. And now you're going to move into more of a collision repair situation. I mean, that's going to drop your margin considerably. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to explain that and justify what you're doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, if the uh, owner or the GM sees you've got a 10% gross profit percentage in wholesale, you know, and you guys have three drivers and like, I mean, all these expenses, are you, does it make sense to be in wholesale? So, and, and I think that kind of goes in with pricing competitively. You don't want to just price competitively to price competitively. You also have to protect your margin. You have to protect your GPP. It has to make sense for you. It's not something that I'm going to get into wholesale and I'm going to lose a whole bunch of money because that's that's a reality. That could be something that happens. And yeah, if, I don't want to do that. I mean, for a lot of shops, it doesn't make sense, especially if like, okay, let's take Ford, for instance. If there's 10 Ford dealerships in your pretty much local area, uh, and six of them are doing wholesale and killing it, are you going to be able to fit into that? Are you going to be able to, to... Right, like what service can you provide right. that is going to be better than their service? Yes. Because, I mean, it's all fairly local. The Ford stores are, you know, you throw a Rocky at a Ford store, yeah. and then somebody buys their parts from another Ford dealer. But it, it's like, what do you... I mean, how are you going to... You have nothing to really offer. Right. I mean, we can do hot shot deliveries. So can the guy that's so can next they. door. Yeah, I mean, and even if they can't, uh, well, I'm getting 35 off, you know, and I've been dealing with them for years. Well, I'll give you 36. Well, I'll give you 37. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, okay, bigger discount, but can you provide the same service? Are you ready to, are you, um, and, and that's something that it's such a hard thing. If you're not doing wholesale and there is a strong wholesale presence, that is such a hard thing to break into because you have to gear up. It's not like you just flip a light switch on one day and you're like, we're doing wholesale today. It's not that. you got to have trucks. you got to have drivers. you got to have a process. Um, and, I mean, also consider the extra inventory you're going to carry, right. too, yeah. because now you're going to be carrying yeah. bigger, more things. I mean, yeah. especially if you're doing collision, if you're pushing collision, yeah. bumpers, you're going to have bumper covers everywhere. Yeah. Do, Do you, you have, have space? Room? Do you have room? Yeah. Can you carry I mean, the extra inventory and then... And let's say you check all these boxes and you're all set. You and and maybe we'll get into this in a separate video. Maybe we'll do this at the end. I'm not sure, but like if I if I if we had to go in and start from scratch at a dealership that is not doing wholesale, what would we do? But again, you got to gear up for it. It's something that again, you got to have the personnel, you got to have the space, you got to have the okay from the GM that your inventory is going to bloat a little bit. Um you know, that's, those are all important things, you know, be prepared to lose money. That's a, that's a big thing because I think especially starting out, it's, you know, it's not going to look pretty. I don't know. I mean, if you're really going to go in, like yeah. you said, there's, you got to buy the inventory and yep. you got to hire somebody to drive. If you yep. don't have a driver, you got to hire a driver right. and then you have to have a truck for them to drive in. Yeah. So right there, there's three major expenses, not to mention insurance, yep. gas, yeah. driver, say yep. driver payroll. Yeah. I mean, these are all things that add up real quick. Yeah. And, and, those, and those are all tangible things, but like wholesale, and, and this is very important. Wholesale is very much a relationship business. You could have all of that, but if you don't have the relationships with the shops, what does it matter? Nobody's going to use you. Right. If Nobody, they don't want to call you, they don't want to yeah. talk to you, they don't want to deal with you. If they right. call, if you're the only person working in that department and they can't get through to you, mm. you can't take the phone calls. That's mm. a problem. If they call, let's say you have a guy on the counter taking your wholesale calls, but he's fairly new and he doesn't know anything. I mean, yeah. 
yeah. you're sending the wrong parts out all the time. People aren't going to use no. you. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this. There is, and there, and you got to be ready for it. It's not, you know, you got to gear up for it. And I was fortunate enough to come into the operation that we're in now to an established wholesale uh, dealership. So, uh, terrible Terry. He was he was the man, the myth, the legend of wholesale parts with Ford. If you work in Ford circles, you know terrible Terry. And to come in, you know that was it was already established. And to be able to grow from that is is really cool. But like it was a lot of work keeping everybody happy. I was going to say that for you, that was a different situation because you came into an established department. Right. However, people were like, who's this new who's guy? Who's this guy? I don't want right. to do it this guy. Right. So exactly. that was a lot of work. And that's, that's what I'm saying with relationships. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's very important because, uh, you know, everybody loved Terrible Terry and still loves Terrible Terry. And, you know, I mean, he's been retired for uh, going on two years now, I think. And everybody people, still asks. Everybody, people come to the counter. People day. call in. Like, somebody's asking if he's where's right. he at? What's he doing? Is he That's okay? the kind of impact that he had on the market. And you know, if anybody got into a bind, they knew who to go to. You can't replace that. That that's not something like it goes back to being a relationship business. And if you don't have that, if you have people who can't answer the phones for starters, um, or don't know what to do when they do answer the phones. That it could evaporate just it takes like, one phone call, yeah. one missed order or right. one issue, and then somebody loses all trust in you. Yeah. Not only, I mean, it's not even a representation of you, it's your department. They right. lose all trust in your department, yeah, for something you might not have even touched or looked right. at, and yep. that's it. I mean, it especially when if you're in a competitive market, yeah, so many people are doing it that, yeah. like, if you drop the ball, yeah. that might be it, right? You might never see that shop again yeah. until somebody there leaves, and yeah. then you have to try to get back in. But yep. again, people tend to stick with what they know, yeah, unless they've been wronged, right? And you could provide 10 years of amazing service, but yeah. that one time you miss an order, there's a saying for that's that, it. I can't quite remember it, but <laughs> well, you'll get there, yeah. A bird in the hands is as good as two in the bush, yeah. If that's you shave it. your horse, how's your dog gonna get home? That's not it, that's uh, not it either. No, no. it's mm-hmm. something about. Bad, bad attaboys and uh, what does that go? A thousand attaboys? I don't know. Something. But, uh, but yeah, that's yeah, important. I mean, and we'll get into kind of keeping customers happy. That, that little foreshadowing, that's our last tip. But, um, but yeah, collision link, things like that. Again, going back to pricing, you know, some people can get reimbursements, some people can't. And, uh, you know, that's important. And how much reimbursement you can get from, um, uh, collision link, how much discount you're getting from, uh, the manufacturer. Sometimes we get a big discount from Ford. So like we're able to do things because of that discount. It's, it's so much that, you know, maybe we take a hit on this or this or this, you know, and it's like, okay, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, we're losing money on this job, but I know, you know, it's there, the money's there. So also with knowing your market and pricing competitively, you have to consider, Uh, When you're talking to these shops, you need to know what services they're using. So if they're using things like Collision Link, Mm -hmm. CCC, Mm -hmm. OpsTrax, RepairLink, Parts Trader. Yeah. So you need to know what they're using because all those services cost you money. A lot of money. None of this stuff's cheap. So you don't want to be adding a bunch of services just to say you do everything. And turns out none of the shops you deal with use any of that. Right. So that's a waste of money. It is. So 
but you're going to need to probably subscribe to at least two, three, maybe. And then yeah. you, this is, goes back to being prepared to lose money. Right, right. You're not going to see a return on no. investment on those for years. And no. you might never and on some of it. you might never. And, and it perfect, takes a long time. Perfect example of that is I fought for years now against getting RepairLink and uh, what was the other one? Obstrax. But so many shops will call and ask, hey, well, do you have Obstrax? Do you use Obstrax? Well, no. Well, that's what we we prefer using abstracts. It's like okay, so I heard that so many times. I'm like, let's get abstracts. Okay, so that's five hundred bucks a month. And then RepairLink. Oh, you got to get RepairLink. You got to get RepairLink. You got to get Repair. Right. Well, you're the only four dealer that doesn't have RepairLink. And you still don't use me. Yeah. I, still, I got it. And now you <laughs> right. still don't use me. And right. one dealer uses abstracts, or one shop uses abstracts. So right. then it's like. Is, is it, it worth, worth it? it? Right, exactly. And that's, that's again, be prepared to lose money because uh, I just said yes to RepairLink and I said yes to Obstract. So that's another $1,000 a month in expenses. And I am certainly not seeing a return on the investment. But it's something when I go into a shop or I call a shop or a shop calls us and, hey, do you have RepairLink? Hey, do you do this? Yes. Yeah, we have you know, it. We have it. Please use it because I would love yeah. to actually can, see can an ROI. Please start using right. it. Please. That'd be great if somebody so. could get on that. Yeah, that's and you got to think too. Every few years, it seems like a new yeah. program comes out, and yes. all of a sudden, a handful of shops will start using it and they'll call, "Hey, we're not going to deal with you unless you mm. use this program." Right. So then you have to start weighing the. Do you really want to subscribe to another program? It's like right. streaming services, right? Yeah. Like, everything. do you really want to subscribe to another streaming service? Yeah. Is it worth it? Right. Is it worth your time? I got Peacock. I got Paramount. Do I really need HBO? I don't know. I mean, geez, I got yeah. enough stuff to watch. <laughs> and I mean, it, you know, things end up merging together too, so it's it's complicated, and you got to, yeah. you know, and not. Everybody can do this stuff. Again, you go to your GM and say, "Hey, I, you know, how's how's a thousand dollars a month sound?" Uh, just to say that we have it, right. <laughs> and he's going to be like, "Well, what's what are we going to make from it? Are we going to get a return on our investment?" No, but we can say we have it. <laughs> one okay. of those services went through a price increase one time, and I had to build oh, a yeah. five-page spreadsheet. Yeah, to show how much it was being uh, utilized, how many people were using it, what the profit was without it, what the profit was without yeah. it. I had to call all the major shops I dealt with to determine whether yes. or not they would still use us if we didn't have the service, yeah. and it only went up like two hundred bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, some places have that level of scrutiny where they're yeah. going to drill you down right. on every expense, yes. and that was one of them. Yeah, and I mean, some places are you know you, you have we're we're lucky enough to have kind of like free reign a little bit to to make decisions like obviously if a decision doesn't work out oops <laughs> but like mm -hmm. i mean yeah that's why you get to you get yelled at <laughs> i get yelled at but like eh, you gotta in my opinion it's worth you know i'd rather spend a thousand dollars to be able to say yes i have this or you know yes i have this yes i have that at the potential of gaining another um customer rather than spending a thousand dollars on advertising or promotion, you know, calendars and handouts and pens and pads, right. you know, and also I, outside sales reps. Yeah. You know, it's like, and yeah. that's another thing too. Do you get an outside sales rep? You know, so that could be an expense. I mean, if you, yeah, uh, that's a whole thing. That's another one that we just, or do you just up. pay yeah. a parts driver to do it? Right. <laughs> do you uh, future incentivize video, future yeah. video about pay plans? <laughs> yeah. And role playing with your, your driver, you know, <laughs> but like it's a, it, there's a lot that goes into that. So that was just tip number two. Um, tip number three, we're going to get into managing deliveries. So big part of being good at wholesale is 
delivering the parts that people are buying. That's like extremely important. Yeah, people um, tend to want the stuff they buy. Yeah, you know, in a timely fashion sometimes. Yeah. You know, some people will be like, oh, yeah, they don't need bumpers. They don't, they, they try to guess what they do and don't want. But communication's key. And, you know, making sure that you're, under promising and over delivering. Yeah, that's right? what you want to do. Yeah, right. yep. I always say that backwards. But uh, you want to make sure that you're doing that because you don't want to over uh, overplay your hand and say, "Yeah, that'll be there this afternoon." When you have to order that part and it's not coming until tomorrow. Right. Like, be upfront. Just be honest with people. Don't yeah. don't try to be a hero on the phone because you're going to end up being a zero later. Yeah, you know? I mean, you have to consider like everybody wants to just be like, yeah, I can have that for you tomorrow. Right. No problem. And then I'll sounds find good. it. It sounds, sounds great. Good. Right. But you know, setting realistic expectations, you know, yeah. Hey, I need this, you know, giant front end collision job. Right. Okay. It's going to be two days. Right. I won't have everything for you for two days. I'll yeah. have it out to you. If it's a Monday, I'll have it out to you Wednesday morning. Right. But not, I'll try to get it for you too. Don't do right. the don't try do and like don't. the fake, you know, I can almost try to do this. I'll call this guy. Just tell him. Right. Cause honestly, be honest. You know, they'll appreciate if you, that. If you get yourself in a bind yes. promising something and then they call back three times because yes. they're you, what you promised me isn't true, yeah. that hurts the relationship a right. lot more than just telling them, hey, it's going to be two days instead of a day and a half. Exactly. And that, that's extreme. That's everything. I mean, again, it goes back to being a relationship business. Like you need to, uh, you know, these people need to trust you. And when you say something, if you, if you, lie or you fib or you, you know, you overpromise something and it doesn't work out and you do that consistently, maybe once or twice. Okay, whatever. But like, if you do that consistently, nobody's going to trust you and they're going to stop using, they're going to stop calling you. Yeah. There's a time and a place for, uh, did you order that part? Yeah, I, I definitely ordered it. Right. And it, then, got, and it, it it was short today. You know, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it was supposed to be here, but it you didn't. Know, every know, once I in know. a while. But if it's like a consistent, yeah. like I consistently, <laughs> oh, I was consistently yeah. shorted your parts right. all the time. <laughs> right. People are going to start questioning yeah. why you're always why shorting their parts. Why are you shorting their and, parts? Yeah. And I've had, in the past, I've had guys, two guys that worked on the counter. And yeah. one takes a phone call from a shop, mm-hmm. tells them, oh, yeah, that was, oh, it was shorted. I'll, I'll get that to you. I'll get that to you tomorrow. Right. Calls back, talks to the other guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I don't even see that thing ever being it ordered. never ordered. Weird. So <laughs> that creates conflict. Yes. So just be honest. Yeah. I it's mean, just, I mean, if you forget to order something too, just tell them, I, you know what? I forgot to order that one part. You know, sorry, my bad. I'll take care of it for you. Yeah. Maybe give an extra discount on it. Yeah. And if they're asking about a part and you, you think it's going out on the truck, I mean, we, the process has evolved for us, uh, especially me over the, over course of, several years um but we now we have a log and you know the drivers write down the invoice number and the and where they're going so everybody can see okay that is on the truck or that isn't before the log before we started doing that something would somebody would call and be like hey is that uh, part coming out to me oh yeah 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 that's coming out probably probably no well, no it's actually on back order <laughs> it's like and there was a lot of times I had to field a phone call from a pissed off customer because somebody said, oh, yeah, that's coming out. And, and it wasn't. Special order management. This yeah. goes back to special order yeah. management, too. So you can track all you that in CDK see and see what you're doing, where yes. stuff's at. And if it was back ordered or not, if it came in. Right. Yeah, it's all huge. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So people want to know the truth. Just remember that. People want to know the truth. They don't want to be lied to. 
They would just want to know the truth. So if it's a bad, if it's bad news, give it to them. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Sometimes you're a hero. Sometimes you're a zero. But like, it doesn't. You just tell the truth. Every once in a while, you gotta lie a little bit. Yeah, gotta gotta massage it a little bit. But you know, other than that, just try to do your best and then learn from it and don't do it again if you can help it. Right. The truth will set you free. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. He was my favorite actor. Um. But yeah, how many drivers do you need? Like, that's another thing, too. Like, if you're getting into wholesale, God, heaven forbid, you don't know how much you're going to do. So you start out with maybe a part-time driver and then go from there. You don't just jump in and say, we're going to do wholesale. Three trucks, three drivers, we're going full steam. Like, you got to understand. Send it. Full send. (laughs) But like, you can't, you got to be understanding, like, how many drivers do you need? We're doing more now uh, with two drivers or like really one and a half and then we were doing with three just because the drivers that we have are more effective and more efficient. Efficient. Thank you. And, you know, so it's it's not so much about how many you need, but like how do you make them more efficient, you know, and, and maybe they take on bigger territories. And I mean, yeah, it's almost like efficiency was one of the four pillars of a successful parts department. It does kind of go back to that one video we did. It kind of rings a bell. (laughs) Yeah. Efficiency. It is key. But even when you're delivering parts, it's very important. So that's huge. uh, Let's get into returns. Managing returns. Tip number four is going to be managing returns. I know you love returns. Returns are like your favorite thing in the whole world. Talk about returns. How do you feel about them? Returns are stupid. (laughs) Um, The problem I have with returns is that you pull a giant order for a shop, you send it out, the driver loads it up, takes it. Two days later, the shop calls, oh, hey, that part's, uh, yeah. car's been totaled. Yeah. Driver brings the parts back, then you have to put the parts away. In yeah. the meantime, after pulling the parts, you put all the stock away that replenished it. So now you've done the same thing literally <laughs> twice in two days yeah. for no profit and actually right. lost money because you restocked inventory right. that now you didn't sell. Exactly. Or my favorite is when you sell parts to shops and then – it picks up on rim. So now mm-hmm. you stock it and yeah. then they return the stuff yeah. that, you it, know, you didn't stock before, but now you stock and now you have five on the shelf and you only need to stock one. And only one of those parts is eligible for manufacturer return at the end of a 12 month cycle. Brilliant. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it, my thing has always been returns are just part of the business. They are. They are part of it's the business. It's hard though when you're like, okay, you manage the returns. Like the returns come back to you. You you pull parts. You put them back. So I can totally understand how you're, you know, not a fan of them. Nor nobody is. Um, but unfortunately, it especially part of it. I with, get it. With, I know. With like the crappy, uh, and we could get into this, and I'm sure you guys can all relate to this, but um, the. Uh, what are they called? Estimators that are out there aren't sometimes the best. And sometimes they're not there. They're estimating off a picture now is what we're finding out. This business changed so much when uh, people started taking pictures and sending it to body shops for estimates. Like, yeah, it needs a bumper uh, and it needs a headlight, clearly. But once you get it in, you you write it up for that off of the picture. So, okay, yeah, it's two grand. And then they get in there, and then all of a sudden, the radiator's broken, the radiator support's broken, the the uh, covers are all shattered, the bracket, everything's all just shattered on the inside, the, the rebar, everything's gone. And now it's like a $10,000 thing. So now... Totaled. Totaled. So now all those parts come back. So that's a big part of why I think we're seeing more returns today. Yeah, it is part of the business. You have to deal with it. But at the same time, you got to start to 
sometimes enough becomes enough. And yeah. that's another thing knowing your market too. Is your competition charging restock fees? Yes. Probably not. There's, but now maybe because things are changing. Yeah, things are changing a lot. So do you restock fee or not? And I think it gets to a point with some shops where, look, you return 30, 40% yeah. of the stuff I send you. Right. Like I'm, I have to do something here. I can't take right. the hit. I'm not making anything out of this relationship. Yep. It's not... This is a one-way street. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not getting anything yeah. out of this. Yeah. I'm making a low margin on parts yeah. I'm selling you that I'm then restocking and then mm-hmm. putting them back away when you return them. Uh, sometimes- you know, we have to send the part back to the manufacturer and we get hit with a restock fee. So if I'm getting hit with a restock fee, why shouldn't you get hit with the restock fee? Right. Why do I have to take that? Why do I eat that as, uh, I mean. You have to explain that to people too when they ask and explain why, if they ask why you're getting a restock fee, yeah. tell them because don't I, just say yeah. like. Because I want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if they don't like it, I mean, and you have to know too, like, did you send this part in error? Was this yeah. an incorrect part? Because if so, tough. don't charge them restock for right. something you screwed up. Yes. But, you know, if it's a giant job and they're just like, yeah, I didn't need any yeah. of these parts. <laughs> Turns out I, I, I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, you probably charge a fee. That kind of goes the account too. return slips. You know, I think that's a huge part of the return process. Um, you know, having a return slip, not only like a carbon copy that you can give to them so they know they can keep track of what, you know, returns they sent you and what they should expect credit for. But also, you know, your driver can ask, Hey, is this a damaged part? Is this a return? Is, did we order this in error? What, why are you, is there anything, what was wrong with this part? Oh, well, it was the wrong one. Okay, well, then we know not to, when we get that slip, we know not to charge a restock fee. Um, or, no, I just didn't need it. Well, then, you know, and it is kind of tough. It's it's hard. Like, I don't like giving restock fees to our highest customers who buy the most from us and return the least. You know, like, if you're under 10%, well, okay, you know, maybe we don't charge you a restock fee. But like you said, if you're 30 40 50%, you know, half of everything we send you is coming back. Dude, do better. Right. And <laughs> like, if you don't want to deal with us, that's fine. Because yeah. I'm making, I grossed $1,000 right. off you what last do, year. I'm, I'm good. What I, do I, I get out of this? I will keep that $1,000 yeah. just not dealing with your nonsense. So Yeah. And there's shops out there, and I'm sure everyone listening or watching can relate. Um, Cut the bad fruit off the vine. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just got to fire a customer. Sometimes. But, um, so let's get into the fifth tip here. And uh, it's going to just be keeping your customer happy. I think uh, I go back to this uh, terrible Terry. You know, he always instilled uh, the cars have to go home. And and that couldn't be more true. And, you know, at the end of the day, after all the BS that comes through this job, um, you know, the car's got to go home. You know, everybody's here trying to make money. The shops that are calling you, they have margins that they have to meet. So you want to make sure your pricing's in where it needs to be for them. Um, back order parts, you know, cars have to go home. Everything's on back order Everything's all the time, on back forever order. and always. But like, this is a huge selling point for you. If you are able to get back order parts, say it just takes a phone call or maybe ten or twenty phone calls, or maybe you have a sweet D to D system um, with your manufacturer to get back order parts. If you say, yeah, this part is on back order, but I'm going to make some phone calls, see if I can get this in out of state. I'll take care of the freight. You know, I'll take care of you. That goes so far. And I will say we do a really good job at our place. Our guys do a really good job following up on parts because other stores won't. They don't do back order and our guys go the extra mile to do it. Right. So that's a huge statement. Like when you can provide a part to a customer that they can't get anywhere else, 
Um, yeah. You become a hero just right. literally for just doing your job. Right. Well, I called this place and uh, they said they couldn't get one. Oh, well, I don't know. There's shops out there. I can probably make some phone calls, pick one up. You yeah. want me to get it? Well, yeah, that'd be great. I'll take care of the freight too. You know, wow. You know, I'm going to call you guys from now on. That's huge. Just remember the cars have to go home because if they don't go home, nobody gets paid. So you just have to think about that every single transaction. Um, calling in just to see how they're doing. Sometimes, uh, yeah, talk a lot about terrible Terry here, but like Terry would call shops just to say hi, you know, just to like say what's up, you know, have a conversation with them, you know, and, and that goes a long way. I mean, just having relationships. Remember, wholesale is a relationship business and just being able to be a friend, be somebody who they can you know, depend on and know if I get in a bind, I'm calling this guy because he's going to get me out of it. Um, you know, visiting shops, something I wish I could do a little better, but, um, just coming in, saying hi, shake hands, you know, that's it's hard they, though. Nowadays yeah. it's really hard. Yeah. And, and most people are mad because everything is on back order and some stuff yeah. you can't get, you and, know, you know, even when we get people to come in to say hi to me or us, yeah, maybe I don't have time to talk to you right now, but like, you know, that's where a phone call comes in. I think you can make a phone call and if they got time to talk, they talk, if not, cool but just hey we're still here i think visiting in person maybe if you're trying to acquire new shops but you know i I don't know visiting in person i've never had any luck visiting in person and i don't like it because i feel like i'm just like intruding on their space exactly hey i'm a salesman i'm here to sell you some sweet products and they're like do you have a do you have a pamphlet too yeah you got got pads and pens for me (laughs) throw them away you know yeah it's just i mean (sighs) but yeah keeping them keep the customers happy being proactive with problem parts, backorder parts, be upfront, be honest. And sometimes that's hard when you're busy and you're handling a lot of phone calls, a lot of collision links. It's easier said than done, but aim to, you know, do it. Yeah, I think uh, it's a really, when you notice there's a part on backorder calling right away is huge. Yes. Instead of just shipping half the order yeah. and not saying anything, right. waiting for a call in, I think yeah. that's where you get in trouble. Yeah, so just take the time to be upfront so that you don't have that headache in a day or two when everything else comes in and some stuff's on back order. You know, avoid, a lot of things can be avoidable. Um, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, and then complain that your foot hurts. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I just, when I spent some time as a service manager, it was, uh, I spent half of the time I was a service manager being reactive. Um, oh, a problem came up. Well, shoot, after the fact, you look back and you're like, this can be avoided. So like change the process so that that doesn't happen again. And, and processes are always evolving. Um, but just keep your customers happy. Remember that the cars have to go home. Uh, nobody gets paid until the car gets home. So just be mindful of that. And remember that wholesale, it's a relationship business. It's, it's based on trust. It's based on friendship. If you can make them laugh, that's even better. But yeah, just remember that the cars have to go home. Nobody gets paid until the cars go home. Communication's key. Uh, being upfront, being honest, it's important stuff. Do it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be like the five tips that we have for you guys, uh, especially if you're just starting out in wholesale. Uh, maybe you've been in wholesale for a while and you're looking to grow. These are all things to take into consideration and think about. But hopefully this video has helped you guys in some way, shape, or form. If you guys are listening on the, pa- <laughs> the 
the podcast. On the podcast. <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully, your ride into work was good uh, or a ride home. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, over your ride anywhere. Where, you know, just enjoy listen. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, enjoy the ride, folks. <laughs> But uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. A lot of new subscribers. Welcome to the channel uh, on YouTube. So it's really cool. It's growing pretty quick. We're pretty yeah. happy about it. Everybody help each other. Be yeah, kind. Right. Be kind in the comment section. Clickety clack. Um, Facebook community is growing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not on Facebook. Sorry, guys. John <laughs> it is. Me. There's like 500 people on so, the Facebook thing. So you know, that's cool. That's a good resource for help. So yeah. use it. Use it. And be nice to each other. Yeah. And help each other out. This is a, this is what this is. We're trying to make yeah. Parts it is a, easier for people to help other people because we all is, came into this with nothing. Yeah. Parts is a real murky uh, murky waters. And if you don't have somebody helping you out like we didn't, we made a lot of mistakes along the way. I still um, make a lot of mistakes. still Look make a lot of mistakes. And best you can do is learn from them but uh that's gonna do it for us thanks for watching in watching in thanks for watching it <laughs> i can't talk. okay bye thanks for watching thanks for listening and we'll see you guys in the next one take care now bye bye then